0: Welcome to 5E Radio. Hi everyone, welcome to 5E Radio. I am joined today with my co-host Sam Willits. Hi. I am Jay Kramer, and we are fortunate enough to be interviewing Miss Brittany Sinelli, who is the president of the Institute of Daoist Education and Acupuncture. And Brittany, if you would be so kind as to give us a brief introduction of who you are and how you came to be where you are now.
1: Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah thank you both for having me here today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, my name is Brittany, and I am a native to Colorado and found my way to ITEA um, after having a really incredible therapist in high school who attended Naropa and studied wilderness therapy. And so I thought that that was my path. Hmm. And then once I went through schooling at Naropa, and was at this point of deciding, do I want to be a therapist or what do I want to do? Um, I met Marlo Brooks and Ty Romaine at Naropa and they taught the intro to the psychology of the five elements. Hmm and just fell in love with the theory and it made so much sense to me. I just, it was like this whole new beautiful world and also at the same time, something I knew so deeply within me and, and being in nature. Um, so I actually started an application to ITEA Probably. Four or five times, and they never submitted it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sometimes it takes a little extra time.
1: <laughs> and then when I was ready to go, um, it was the year of the big flood in Boulder. Oh yeah. And ultimately, I had decided like that wasn't the right year either, so waited a year. So I started in 2014, and it was a class of 2018, and worked really closely with. Sandy Lilly, the founding president, um, learning about the functions of operating an acupuncture school (laughs) from a spirit place and also um, in the world in a bigger way and how to be able to meet standards and regulations and still bring this medicine forward. Mm -hmm. So When she passed away, I was able to come in and begin working in admin with the team here and work on reaccreditation, which is a huge task. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, And fortunately, she had also been, we had also been doing some training. I had attended some ACOM trainings the the few years prior to start to familiarize myself with that process. Wow. Yeah.
2: So from the get-go of you being in school here, you immediately were engaged and interested in the admin and the, the process of running a school.
1: I was. I I didn't have any intention of coming into this role in the way no. that I have. Um, it It happened really organically, though, when a few times I would kind of, like, march into Sandy's office and, like, shake my fist, like, why can't I practice in California, or why can't I practice wherever I want to? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that kind of started it. Mm -hmm. Um, My journey with learning more about the laws and the reciprocity, and that's definitely something that I feel really passionate about, and in my lifetime would love to see evolve, having a five element, um, accreditation process mm-hmm. and certification process. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really would be. <laughs> um,
0: what would the process of that occurring, like where would that process start? What would the steps you would need to take for there to be a five element mm,
1: board? That's exam? such a good question. <laughs> um, it really starts on the state level. Uh-huh. So we know that we can work with the state of Colorado because we're already approved here as an Institute of you know higher education. Um, and then developing basically our own exam and having all of the metrics and credentials to make sure that it is thorough enough, accurate enough, has expert, Uh, question makers essentially people developing questions in a way that captures five element acupuncture theory and practice Mm -hmm. that's standardized Mm -hmm. and that that's where right now there's some challenge right on the national level um, because we're not writing treatment prescriptions
0: mm. yeah
2: <laughs> yeah this is a really hard type of medicine to standardize mm-hmm. in its nature it's
0: very interpretive of the right. individual
1: right mm-hmm. right and being with people mm-hmm. csoe like how do you put csoe on a multiple choice exam you know yeah. and make it rigorous enough that it's, right. that it's <laughs> has some challenge to it mm-hmm. um so that's one place to start And we know that right now it would be a state-by-state process, Mm -hmm. so we'll we'll see. And in time, things, especially in California and other states, could start to gain more reciprocity. There's been some changes, actually, even since I started attending the CCHM conferences with Sandy in, I believe it was 2016 or 2017, there have been some changes already. It's slow, Yeah. Mm -hmm. and there's some positive movement, so... Good to hear. We'll
2: see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> I, our school is an oral tradition. Is there any um, places you bump up against with the whole standardization, with it being oral versus there
1: being books? And
2: is that a part of it?
1: Yeah, I would say that that's a part of it as well. And any great lineage tradition goes through that process. Mm-hmm and how to really keep the core of it and the beauty of the medicine alive across generations. Um, So I think that with reaccreditation and things like that and the legal side, we certainly have to work with how we can kind of fit into that mold and also not lose the sacredness of it and the purity of it.
2: Sounds like a constant journey.
1: Yes. <laughs> Stay in between
2: those two lines, very yes. fine lines. Yes. Yeah.
1: And at the same time, too, I mean, <coughs> it's really a lovely thing that we have a seat at the table. And that is something that Sandy and Terry Skellen and J.R. and Judy Worsley, all of these people have helped establish for us. Mm-hmm. here right now, yeah. that we have a voice. And there was there's all these funny stories of Sandy at the gem conferences where you know she was really an advocate for the small schools, for the traditions that were outside of the TCM practices. And that's what you know i'm I'm here to carry forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah oh.
0: Yeah. Very cool.
2: Something that you said earlier earlier in our talk, you said that Sandy was teaching you both the ways of the admin, um, also on a spiritual level. And I'm curious what you meant by that.
1: Mm. Yeah. I have really sweet memories of sitting on an airplane next to her and her kind of mentioning little observations, like how this person is moving through the aisle of the plane while they're boarding, Mm -hmm. how they're requesting to open the window, or things like that. And so there was just these little moments and treasures really along the way of always coming back to being present and observing nature within an airplane (laughs) even and outside. Um, and I would say one of the things that I learned most from her was really showing up with that kind of freshness every single time, every single moment, Mm -hmm. and maybe there's one interaction on an airplane or, you know, getting in and out of a taxi or an Uber, um, that was frustrating or challenging, whatever it may be, there's stuff that comes up in travel
2: mm-hmm.
1: and <laughs> yeah. miss it we've, we've missed a flight one or two times. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know just like how can we come back to ourselves again and again and also be with people in a fresh way
2: mm-hmm.
1: without you know limiting our judgments, limiting our preconceived ideas mm-hmm. and biases. Mm
0: -hmm. What are your practices to do that when you, if you do find yourself swept up in emails and kind of the day-to-day that
1: Mm
0: -hmm. is tough to always be in that place of remembering to do that?
1: Yeah, I have a meditation cushion in my office actually mm-hmm. that I would like to use more <laughs> <laughs> and I do use it which is really lovely to yeah. have that pause mm-hmm. and getting outside and just going for a walk even around the building or just down the little path mm-hmm. is so helpful too yeah and um, somewhere along the way in the pandemic I came across this creator that, has um a whole chart of like how to give yourself a pep talk mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i have it hanging in my office and there's three columns that you choose from and it's just a really great reminder to you to kind of have a light touch and not take things so seriously every single moment right it's, yeah we get to have joy and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i'll go up and just read that sometime and yeah make a little pep (laughs) talk. For myself.
0: Good. In um, this transition into president, which you took over as president of ITEA in January? It
1: was the beginning of February, yes. The beginning of
0: February. What has come most naturally to you in this new role, and what has been the biggest challenge for you? Mm -hmm.
1: Sitting on a computer has been a challenge. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a lot sometimes. Mm -hmm. And what has come most natural, I think, is the opportunity to be with people Mm. and just connect and remember. I think what I'm so inspired by is remembering like my journey as a student because it wasn't really that long ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, it will be 10 years next year that I started. Mm-hmm. So it was it was in 2014 and I feel like I have that closeness still, that proximity mm-hmm. to what it's like to be a student mm-hmm. and to to be able to connect with student voices and concerns and values mm-hmm. as they evolve too in the world that we live in today. Mm-hmm. It's different than when the school started, you know, 25 plus years ago. Yeah. The needs of students and the teachers as well Mm -hmm. are very different yeah now and that's what I really feel the most kind of precious around is Mm -hmm. just being with people in a way that we can connect and come together for this shared mission of knowing this medicine practicing it Mm -hmm. Continuing to learn it and and then sharing it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Oh so when I'm behind the computer, I really am aware of, <laughs> of like the balance of like the screen time versus like connecting, being mm-hmm. with people. And yeah. I'm glad you have that balance. It's a work in progress. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a work in progress.
2: Exactly. <laughs> wow. It feels like the school is doing so much all the time. Like you guys have the LEAF program now and I mean, transitioning the school into something with technology because it was all on paper until COVID. Is that more or less true? Yeah,
1: yeah. What
2: What else are you guys working on right now?
1: Mm. well, yeah. LEAF has been really incredible to witness and we have international participants. So the point of LEAF is all around bringing in more teachers, and that's another big thing right now because as current teachers have been here a long time, they're also looking at what do they want next in their lives. Yeah. So some of them are nearing the age of retirement or have been doing this a long time and just want different things for themselves too mm-hmm. in their futures. So having more teachers is really important in keeping this medicine alive for us at ITEA and keeping ITEA alive Mm -hmm. as well so it's it's really neat to see that we have people all over the world that could be potential teachers Mm -hmm. um and then obviously we've just had a big renovation and expansion that's been nearly fully funded by donors and Mm -hmm. it's really incredible we still have a, a few things that we're getting sorted with the carpet and furniture and all of that. <laughs> um, and so we just welcomed our, our first practitioner track cohort. They began last Thursday, last week, and we were not able to have a PT track since 2019. Oh, wow. That? Yeah. Huh. So that track usually would occur every two years. And okay. so because of the pandemic and then just a lot of restructuring and really looking at our different requirements and everything, um, yeah, we had a strong beginning with six, six students starting, which is really lovely. And so part of that too, part of coming back to the growth and just where we're headed um, was needing more space. And so when I was a student, there was a second classroom In the other suite here and we realized that to to be able to grow and have more overlap of classes we needed another classroom so it's really been so neat rather than moving which would have just been such a big task (laughs) Um, having the time and space now to welcome a second classroom and, and essentially more students with the practitioner track starting and will continue every weekend. It's beautiful. Yeah. And then we can also have more overlap with the first and second year classes, which was something that I experienced and I think is really special. Yeah. Yeah. And what we're also doing is bringing back the community volunteer days. So the second year students recently volunteered at a local farm that's co-owned by an alum. And I really want... that's. That's a really important thing to me. I really want to have more volunteer and community outreach. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And then we're still in the process of being fully accredited for distance education. And that's been a big undertaking as well. So through the pandemic, schools were given an emergency waiver to operate distance education online classes. And that has recently ended. Mm -hmm. And so... The Department of Education has now needed everyone to basically reapply or become accredited officially to offer distance education. Mm-hmm. So there's another place where the oral tradition piece comes in and how do we teach such a palpable medicine yeah. that requires very Human physical. Touch. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. I
2: mean we had to do that in our first and second year during COVID on Zoom. I right. remember Randy teaching us anatomy and point location on Zoom and she had like an image of a of a leg and a pointer and she was able to circle and she actually did an amazing job yeah. <laughs> for what it was, but not not every teacher had those tools and Yeah. But yeah.
0: it's actually very doable was mm-hmm. what
1: Exactly. I felt. The right tools and mm-hmm. the right mindset. Mm-hmm. We learned so much through that. Mm-hmm. I mean, as did so many people in so many schools, but it really showed us what can work in a new way that, you know, we had never even yeah. fathomed really. Right. Um, and coming back now post pandemic, there's so much around like that loss of connection and that loss of sharing space mm-hmm. with people. Um, that that's so important to this medicine and the curriculum so it's really lovely to have the option to, to teach online and so that's another application that we're in the process in process with so that's another big thing and then eventually we'll really transition into developing a doctoral program wow! Oh, wow. and that's one thing that that Sandy had shared at the end of her life and through training um, and actually having three of our current faculty, Mary Ellen Metke, Randy Savage, and Mary Abel, Mm -hmm. have all received their uh, doctoral degrees in acupuncture. And that's one of the beginning steps of having a program as well, is that we need to have faculty Mm -hmm. with that level of education.
0: Yeah. So, What's the vision like for that program? Mm
1: -hmm. Right now, it's essentially... ITEA graduates would would likely be the main student body. We could look at potentially other five element schools depending on some of the different requirements um, But it's really evolving the rapport and some of the advanced um, Clinical skills and then bringing in a research component and so to Sandy's brilliant so many years ago she developed or, or started implementing the MyMOPS, which are in the clinic
0: mm-hmm. and
1: i don't know that that everybody really knows that that's why like that's part of the research so we've been gathering that data for years <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> with the vision that in time that would become part of the doctoral program mm-hmm. research component so that's the big piece is the research and what we want to measure and how and what, yeah. what some of our goals and hypotheses would be with that. Hmm. So that's another exciting thing. And yeah. there's all these like, you know, one step at a time in some ways. <laughs> yeah. And we're kind of like doing so many
0: much. Many
2: steps. I, I was gonna say. <laughs> many steps
0: in many directions. <laughs> yeah.
2: How do you stay yeah. um, not overwhelmed by so many moving parts all the time? And how do you organize yourself?
1: Mm. That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Work in progress. <laughs> yes. I mean, I have naturally been more of an organized person throughout my life. And, like, with this level of new things and, and tracking, um, there are certainly times when it can feel overwhelming. And just taking a step back, too, and like remembering why I'm here, what I'm doing what the purpose of the school is, and also acknowledging that it's nearly impossible to make everyone happy or have (laughs) everyone agree on such big things. (laughs) And so just sitting with that, too, like, in a leadership role, people are going to have disagreements. There are going to be things that don't always work out. Mm-hmm. and
0: yeah it's very much just a part of being a leader mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so my approach with that too is really just bringing as much kind of compassion and gentleness mm-hmm. and coming back to the, the fact that we're all human yeah. we're all really working to serve ourselves and serve each other the best that we can where we're at
2: yeah so sounds like perspective Mhm. We're running a five element acupuncture school. It's supposed to be beautiful.
1: <laughs> in essence, it is. Yeah. So mm-hmm. don't get caught in the small stuff. Yeah. And sure, stuff can get messy. And mm-hmm. we've moved furniture way more times than we want <laughs> to in the last few weeks. It, it is what it is. So, mm-hmm. well, it's looking great. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in a big place of transition with the school right now. Mm-hmm. Um, And it sounds like there are many new visions for the future. And with that, how are you and the faculty all planning to hold the integrity of the past, in a way, into the future?
1: Well, I think having the roots, too, with the legacy of JR and Sandy and then that we have... Hilary Skellen here Mm -hmm. um, is so incredibly valuable and potent Mm -hmm. and she's doing so much too to really continue to fortify the, the foundations of the school. And with all the technology, just keeping that rooted as well in the purity of the medicine So we have a lot of different faculty trainings and retreats and admin retreats so that we can look at here are some new paths or ideas forward and then how does that work with our foundation and the roots of the school and the medicine. So really just staying true to the beginnings Mm -hmm. and coming back to like the basic core teachings to to guide us and mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah we are so lucky right now to have so many people who were there for the foundation
1: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. it's a really special time at the school i feel privileged in that way yeah
0: mm-hmm. and you had mentioned earlier one of the aspects of LEAF is to build an ever-growing teacher population if mm-hmm. you will uh, what do you look for in teachers when you if somebody approaches you for interest in teaching or you're trying to reach out to find teachers to come in what are you um, searching for in an individual to carry this on? Yeah.
1: The main, the main aspect for me is the heart mm-hmm. and how are how is each person rooted or, authentic to to their own nature and their own path Mm -hmm. as a practitioner first of all because that is one requirement that people are practicing and how are they living the medicine and how can they contribute and what can they bring because there's such a variety of experiences once people do graduate or are practicing a long time and it's all so valuable so really just looking at where can they shine, and how can they maybe develop in areas that they don't feel as confident, that's another big piece too, is working with people and cultivating their confidence and their strength to be in front of a classroom. And some people maybe are born natural teachers, Mm -hmm. and some may be interested and not have that experience, so really working with people to develop their strength and confidence and how they can present and share the medicine because I think most people that want to teach are so passionate and love the medicine so much so there's just this bridge of then like how to convey it in a way that's clear or grounded and really connects with students. That's. That's one side of it. There's a list of technical, you know, technic of course. yeah. Technical <laughs> education stuff like that. Uh-huh. But yeah, the heart and the spirit, I mean, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's what's important. important. What are you most Hmm most excited about with um, this position you're in as president and how it will kind of impact the rest of your life. I'm thinking of the reason coming to acupuncture school can be so difficult is because it doesn't just ask you to learn intellectually. It asks you to change. And As you're stepping into this role as president, how do you feel like it's asking you to change?
1: Hmm. That's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. One of the areas that I am aware of my own growth and change already around using my voice and sharing that and being an advocate for maybe people that haven't felt safe voicing their needs or asking questions in a classroom or kind of going about things a different way so in my cohort um, we started as a class of five and three of us graduated. Mm-hmm. We were all so different and such different paths. And I chose to stay a year longer in clinic because I wanted to earn enough hours um, to potentially be able to practice in different states. Mm. So that was part of my plan. And then I, my timeline in passing my board exams and going through that was also a bit longer Mm. than my cohort. And that's partially because of the pandemic and also just the journey that I had in learning and relearning some things about myself with um, perfectionism and things like that Mm. and not always getting things right Mm. and really developing kind of a, or shedding one identity and growing into a new one.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And, as a practitioner and as a leader, and being part of the school, so much of that has come back to this approach of allowing people to have more of a voice and allowing more space and really bringing in some of the challenging conversations mm-hmm. and how we can serve people with this medicine that may not have as much access to it and really looking at how we can diversify and bring in um, different populations again that that may not know about this medicine or ITEA even in our local community. So in those ways the change for me has been like stepping outside of myself more. Mm -hmm. I used to think that I was very extroverted (laughs) and... (laughs) (laughs) learned that I really do value solitude and being with myself, and so there's a balance of of that, and also then having, being a representative of the medicine. Right, Right. as president, you in a lot of ways are the voice of the school, Mm -hmm. especially Mm -hmm. with some of the visions that you have for carrying it forward. Mm -hmm. That must take a lot of guts sometimes. Yeah, I... People have asked me, you know, if I've felt pressure to, to in this role or because of my relationship with Sandy and I don't. I it feels natural and it feels I want to and I feel really honored and just having that so deep within is a guide for me of like sure things may not always Go the way we want them to. Yeah. Or like, there might be a stain on the carpet or something. Uh-huh. Like that.
0: <laughs> it won't always be smooth and easy, right, but. <laughs> right?
1: And just coming back to that, yeah, the the privilege really and the honor to be able to to be where I am and shine this forward for other people.
2: Sounds like you really found your Dao.
1: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And interestingly, I don't know if, if I've shared this with a whole lot of folks, but that's how I found even the school in a way. I was walking behind Sandy's house and she has a rock outside of her home where the school started. My practitioner was in the first class of ITEA in Sandy's home in Boulder and walking by this rock one day. Um, on on a hike, and like looking over, like oh, recognizing the name of the school because I had heard about it through Naropa and Marlowe, and um, that felt like part of my path too. And p- passing by that rock like so many times before, knowing really like this was the path for me. Well, yeah, yeah. It's a very poetic <laughs> story. Oh, it's <nice. laughs> sweet. Yeah. There's there have been a lot of alignments like that along the way that yeah
2: are you still practicing
1: acupuncture i am yes i love it yeah oh my goodness i love it i have a small practice in north boulder and um i see anywhere from i'd say about five people on average per week, which is great for me. It's mm-hmm. a yeah. really nice balance.
0: Yeah, with your responsibilities okay. here, I'm mm-hmm. sure that's...
1: Yeah. But staying infused in the medicine. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And, and several of my clients are folks that I've treated in the clinic. That, oh, great. Yeah, that have, you know, waited and followed with me. And that's been so incredible, too, because I've essentially been treating or been with them for eight years or so, Mm. which is so neat just to to be with someone in that way, longer term, Mm. so yeah, 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 Yeah,
0: very much as a medicine, almost centered in relationships, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the human connection, Mm
1: -hmm. I think for me, it's really about allowing people and myself to show up as we are, as I am, and Knowing that there's so much simplicity and also so much profound wisdom and beauty in that. And, and just sitting with someone in that way and reading their pulses and connecting with what's true for them in that moment is so special.
2: Does still treating acupuncture inform your life as president in the school at all? or keep you grounded in some way?
1: I, I think so, for sure, yeah. I mean, it's just a, a way that I can help inform any curriculum or especially practice management pieces and how even how we learn and how that evolves once you're in your own practice. And there's not a supervisor to check pulses or check a point. <laughs> So yes, it does really inform and reinforce that the education here is so incredible that sure, when people go out on their own, there may be doubts or there may be things that come up and people leave, our graduates leave here knowing how to be solid, incredible practitioners. And I feel that in myself when I'm treating and go back to the basics of like, if I'm feeling like I'm missing a pulse or missing a point, like, mm-hmm. just take a step back and go through kind of the key pieces of what I've learned here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, strengthening those fundamentals mm-hmm. in a way. Exactly. And when your fundamentals are really strong, it can be really simple.
1: hmm Yeah. And that's something that I remember uh, supervisors and teachers saying all the time, like it's, It is really simple. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that we as humans can get really good at complicating it with with our (laughs) minds and our thoughts and our worries and all of it. And that really like we do know so much in the treatment room and just together here that we don't need to interfere necessarily Mm. Like letting nature and each person's innate wisdom like guide the way it's that simple actually it yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. turns out <laughs> the hard part
0: is always listening to that right, right, <laughs> and trusting it um, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah so
2: we just have a few more minutes and I wanted to close by asking you what advice you would give to students now who are interested in being in the admin or interested in the stuff that you've been interested in, like mm-hmm. how do we change the rules, or, or um, not change the rules, <laughs> um, make ourselves fit into the rules somehow and propel this medicine forward, what would you say to them?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, first I would start with an invitation of please come and chat. I would love to have more students or graduates involved with this mission. And I know too that In this role and through my lifetime just learning like I can't do it on my own Mm -hmm. and we need that support and we need each other to be able to impact change and many voices are stronger than one oftentimes so I would love to hear from anyone that's interested, and I know that there are some graduates working on some things around policies in different states, and it's awesome. And I also feel like this podcast is a great way to bring the voice of five element acupuncture you know, into a larger audience. So, yeah, would welcome that those conversations for sure. And I would say too that if people feel discouraged at all by the regulations or the laws or that this is a small community that really there's so much value in it that that alone can be a way to forge ahead and keep going, that it's worth it, that it's really worth it. And even the grind that may feel like a grind, As a student with (laughs) assignments and things like that, (laughs) it's absolutely worth it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people don't realize that until they're on the other side. And there were times even I felt that during board exam study. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. The impact that we create with Transforming people's lives through treatment, to me that's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, there's so much power there and yeah. empowerment. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for your um, passion for this medicine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What a beautiful note to end on. <laughs> remembering that it is worth it.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Thank you both. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for talking to us, Brittany. Thank you. It's a pleasure.